0: I don't give a fuck. I just don't
1: give a fuck. the art of not giving a fuck. Garrett
0: Todd. hey folks welcome back to the art of not giving a fuck victim to adventure podcast hello Lance hello Garrett let's do this. Awesome. So tonight we've got a pretty cool subject. This is something a lot of guys uh, and some women bring up and it's the topic of social anxiety. It's also known as social fears, uh, sometimes referred to uh, as embarrassment. Many, many names, but let's just put it all under the same category, social anxiety. Okay. And so why is that an issue? Uh, It's an issue because you want to meet people. You want to engage with other people out in the world. You want to to be able to say what you really feel, what you really think, uh, and what you really want. Most importantly, you want to be able to say what you really want and then be able to get it, which you will most of the time once you're able to get over the fear of saying what you want. So those are kind of the main points that we're going to talk about here tonight and all the different little facets of the way the victim manifests itself when you're out there interacting with other people, uh, either in your work situations, uh, at the bar at night, taking a class, at the gym, wherever you find yourself. So we wanna get over that fear, that, that uh, victimization, where we're uh, out in public and then terrified of the other people. I'll dive in by saying what it used to feel like for me. One of the things I wrote uh, recently, this is, goes all the way back to like fourth or fifth grade, but I remember somehow vividly becoming aware of this fact at that point. My mom had bought me a a red folder it was a red like zippered folder that you could open up and put your pencils and pens in and your folders you know your other papers and things into this more great folder and i just loved the thing it had a little strap and i could carry it to school and it was bright red and i remembered thinking about what all the other kids would think about it whether they oh this kid would probably think it's cool that girl won't like it Uh, this guy's going to think, oh man, I hope those guys are seeing this as the bus goes by, you know, (laughs) kind of holding it up a little. Even (laughs) I remember really posing the thing and, and, uh, and then kind of thinking, I I remember having some conscious awareness of what was going on just a little bit. And I remembered thinking like, like, is everyone else thinking like this? Is everyone else wondering about like how I'm seeing their pants or like their backpacks? <clears throat> and even though I'd become aware of that, it didn't go anywhere. I mean, the next few years of school were still the same. Oh, I didn't get the Air Jordans. I got the I got the 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 fake Nikes because that's what my mom decided I was gonna get. And so at school, everyone knows those aren't the Air Jordans, but uh, you know, my mom doesn't know the difference and uh, except for that, it says one is thirty dollars and one is one hundred and twenty. So, you know, it, it, you become subject to, the fashions and the whims and the thoughts and the judgments supposedly of other people at at such a young age that it gets worn into us so deeply that by the time you're an adult, by the time you're grown up and going out to interact, you don't even realize that you're still taking part in that fashion show that you were initiated into at a super young age. So that's where it starts. When you can start to, to crush that Fear of embarrassment or fear of not being cool. That's a good one because we all still use that word cool. Uh, but what is cool? I was talking to somebody else about this today, to a client, and he said he suddenly realized that he, he didn't have to do anything to be cool anymore. He didn't even have to worry about being cool. And he, frankly, it, it didn't matter to him anymore. And, and uh, we talked about it a little. And the idea is that the only way you can really define being cool is that you're satisfying some set of conditions that you believe other people to have uh, and that you're living up to those conditions and that other people feel that you're living up to those conditions so it it becomes absurd if you try to unpack what is cool because really you're not going to sit at home alone in your bedroom being cool you know it's only for other people coolness is only (laughs) for others
1: yeah, I wa- I wonder though. I wonder if you had like a security cam footage of uh, some real posers out there. They're probably strutting around their place for, I don't know, for an invisible audience.
0: Oh, you yeah, have no idea. I would. I hope so. I mean, I almost hope so because <laughs> at least then, it's it's, you know, they're really fully engaging the role. So at least it's it can be fun in that way. I mean, I'll dance around. I think I express myself probably most freely, completely alone. You know, I'm putting on music and just bouncing around the house. Um, but I'm not sure that any of it's very cool. <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure. <laughs> but again, I, I can be. The, if I'm the only judge of coolness, then then I'm always cool. Uh, but <laughs> other people may or may not agree. But the the point being. If you're trying to live up to the thoughts, the expectations, the desires that you believe other people have. What's very interesting about that is that other people that you are worried about are thinking the same thing. The other people that you're worried about what they're thinking about you, those people are worried about what you're thinking about them. And so you arrive at a place that I call the ghost land or that we call the ghost island where you could be at the mall, you could be downtown, you could be among throngs, thousands of people, and yet no one is actually there because everyone is lost in that place in their mind where they're wondering what the other people are thinking about them. So when you become one of the .01% of people who realizes that and knocks that shit off, now you become a real person there, so to speak. Uh, you become, and now, uh, of course, Robert Scheinfeld wouldn't agree with my term, using the term real person there, right? But you become something other than just living in the land of your thoughts. You suddenly inhabit your body. You become aware and present to what's actually going on. And then from there, you have the choice to go navigate around. You can start to flow. And it, it, what other people are thinking is just completely irrelevant. You'll never know. And it's just, it's completely irrelevant, it's a trap. It's a trap you've set in your own mind to keep yourself from expanding.
1: So that, that's a frightening proposition that uh, as you walk about in your world that every, you're on Ghost Island and that everyone you see is only concerned what with what other people are thinking about them at all times. And then you can think about where and when and with who in life you find that you're actually engaged And you're not on Ghost Island. It's like, oh, wow, I'm an active participant. There's something occurring here. This is so much different than the ruminating that takes place on Ghost Island. It's like, okay, here, I'm alive. But over here, I'm just
0: a ruminating zombie. Totally. Like, you're you're the life of the party, you know, life of the party at the bar at night. But you're terrified of asking your boss for a raise. Yeah. Or you're... Or you're totally good at work, and you're you're a manager, and you're really able to run things, or you're running a business. And then the moment you step outside those doors, you're a weak ass, you know, failure in your own mind. You know what I mean? And you just put on the show for everyone at work, and it's easy because it flows. So there's all these different things that that uh, that go on, and there's the the rumination, and then the fantasies in our heads of what's going on for other people, and all these storylines. Uh, and then ultimately the the fear of catastrophes, like if if this person rejects me or if my boss says no, then I, I'm going to be so embarrassed and I'm going to be so upset. My face gets all red. And what are these people going to think of me? The interesting thing is embarrassment totally fine. You can go through it. You can feel it. It's no big deal. It's just that it's been linked up with this sense of catastrophe in in our minds. So it's not the embarrassment itself that's the problem. It's the anticipation of what you think, what you've fantasized, the results of the embarrassment are going to be, which they almost never are. You're not going to be rejected by everybody because you're embarrassed one time. You're not going to be rejected. You're, you know, Even if you ask for a raise and you don't get it, you're not going to be losing your job. Or if you lose your job, then you're going to – none of these catastrophes are that big of a deal either. But just being able to feel the embarrassment – It's amazing when you feel it and then you realize that the catastrophe never happens because then you can see that how powerful you really are. Yeah. The embarrassment
1: is the result of comparison and that comparison is the enemy of all flowing, all (laughs) you, you can never make any progress or gain any enjoyment
0: well the comparison yeah the, i saw this a uh, long time ago it stuck it burned into my head i took a photo of it at a shop in ventura california uh, that said comparison is the thief of joy comparison is the thief of yeah. joy and i also liked uh, the 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 th- what you were saying too comparison is the enemy of adventure mm-hmm. uh and one interesting circumstance that um comes to mind i used to have this um this uh, girlfriend years ago who would always be comparing everything to something uh, to the place where you know her hometown, but we're uh, we're living somewhere else down around uh, Malibu, let's say, and we're driving through Malibu, and I see this beautiful part where there's all the sand and the mountain and some trees and the and this big rock and the ocean all right in this one little spot, and I'm like, oh, I always love driving by this part; it's so beautiful. And then she has to say, oh. The, the, that's the, why does everyone think that's so beautiful? There's this thing back where I'm from that's it's all way better than that. And I'm like, I said, what's going on here? You know that, that what what is the point of that? That just diminishes your own experience yeah. <clears throat> in an attempt to diminish someone else's experience. You know, and and I can understand where it comes from, but uh, it's it's I'm bringing it up to sort of uh, illustrate the point that comparison, you know, you're comparing ourselves to each other when there's no comparison. We, none of us have even the shared experience, even your brother or sister who grows up in the same house as you has a different life experience than you do. So there's, there's really zero, even there's no ground on which we can compare ourselves to each other and then no uh, height or um, nothing to live up to that's a liberating concept. You guys, all you guys listening should remember there is nothing to live up to. There never will be, there never has been. And, and, uh, you know, you can set ideas that you want to achieve. That's one thing. Like I want to learn to tie my shoes or I want to learn to play the guitar or whatever. And then, you know, if you're there or not, okay, great. But it does, you, you don't need to live up to like, I'm going to play guitar, like Steve Vai, exactly like him, or I'm going to, You know, um, that's a bizarre name to pop into my head, by the way, Steve Vai. But uh, (laughs) but yeah, you don't have to live up to anything. And that makes everything a lot more fun. So that's um, some of the methods that
1: we use are unorthodox. You know, you think that like, okay, I want to get better um, in job interviews. I need to job interview a lot or I need to be Mm -hmm. better on dates. I need to date a lot um you know but you can really learn away from those places and bring your newfound confidence to th- those situations by practicing in what would appear very very mundane situations in day-to-day life with everyone you meet um i'm i'm thinking of like breaking other people's trances To break your trance so a simple one that you do is telling other people the time telling other people what time it is for no
0: reason at all yeah that's a great one from the old uh, undoing 101 that's cool yeah telling other people the time uh another one uh, some of the other adventures too the uh breaking up the fight breaking Breaking up a fight that's not going on with (laughs) two people at the table yeah uh, shopping from other people's carts, you know, just, just breaking the boundaries of the, of the social rules that are normally hidden on ghost Island <laughs> on ghost Island. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And so the people that are caught up in whatever rumination or, 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 things that they're doing and you step up, show up and, uh, tell them that it's, <clears throat> you know, 7:30 PM or something. It's just, everything kind of yeah. goes, goes clicks to the left a little or something, yeah. something, uh, moves the yeah. kaleidoscope turns.
1: Yeah, you can obviously, you know, you have to do these experiments yourself, but the the awareness that you gain from doing them will come with you into the places that haunt you the most and you you can, the little triggers, I I like to use the, uh, the example of the Wizard of Oz and how when they how he projects up the the fearsome image of himself right and they're, they're yeah. so the lion runs out the window right it's like he's so scared of the wizard of oz and uh but lo and behold they come to find they pull back the curtain he's just a, a bumbling man you know who they come to get to know mm-hmm. on a much more human level so whoever your projected wizard is you know you can take the power back by bringing the awareness
0: Mm-hmm. So to put out a couple uh, even applicable pointers here, one one uh, time in my life, when, when I joined the, the Freemasons, I was forced into dealing with a lot of people I never would have talked to otherwise. I was forced into, not forced, but in order to be there, I'd interact with all these guys that I would never have interacted with. And all of them at that time had very different points of view than I did about politics and about religion mainly. Those were my main focuses at that time, spirituality, religion, politics, uh, of various sorts. But, uh, as that was falling away, I started to notice I, I had within the first few meetings, uh, at the lodge, I had suddenly judged everyone there in some way, you know, each of the characters had, had assumed a place in my mind of, of I was judging them who they are based on these few opinions. I heard them say, and and that was That was a manifestation of my own social fear, my own social anxiety. I had no idea. I I probably only discovered that now this year, Mm -hmm. even though that was years ago, that that was actually fear. At the time, I thought I was so smart. I had everything figured out. I knew how you're supposed to think. And these guys weren't thinking that way. And they were assholes. You know, this guy's a racist. That guy's a fucking this. And this person's that. And that's this. And this close friend of mine said, hey, why don't you just give this a couple of years? Why don't you just relax here? what are you talking about? And I was like, okay, okay. You knocked me down a little. And I started paying attention and started forging individual connections with these guys. And I started to realize the guy who used to be a fighter pilot in the, in the, you know, in the Navy um, and, or in the air force, excuse me. Um, you know, I had judged him because he had bumper stickers that love that said like, I love jet fuel or I love the smell of jet fuel or something like that, you know? And, sort of seemed pro-war and all this, and I had these ideas about him. I didn't like him. I spent all this time with him. I went on a road trip with him, this older guy, all the way down from Eugene to San Diego, and just had a blast. And he's totally Christian. You know, his wife was with us. She's fully, like, into the Baptist church. And I just wonderful people who were looking out for me the whole time. Just, they 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 would have done anything I, I needed. So kind, so amazing, you know? And I completely just, had walled him off out of my life because of some opinions I heard him say. You know, and later I heard him say some of those same opinions and I could tell he was doing it in a humorous way. I was laughing and he was still just, it was all in jest. It was all in this diff- from this different angle, you know? And, and some of you listening might even notice the things I mentioned about him made you think or feel certain ways too. So, so be aware of that in yourself. Um, I, I blew a lot of decent friendships in those ways, you know?
1: Yeah, I have a lot of similar experiences like that um the guy drove a fighter jet you know as if there's not something to admire there you know yeah you can find that in most anyone so it's like anyone that you feel are cooler than you should probably write them
0: an apology (laughs) that that (laughs) that includes garrett and me (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's something we could all all benefit from, and and uh, I'm definitely really happy uh, at this point in my life with my social skills, and with um, I'll occasionally have some social anxieties. There's there's bizarre situations that'll still pop into my experience that throw me off a little bit, um, but it's still I'm able to compose myself, carry myself pretty well, and try to engage in a way that's fun for everybody. Uh, that's one key that you guys can all remember. I pointed this out uh, in one of the emails, but those are sometimes get lost to the, uh, to the ethers. One key, one major key to, uh, to overcoming your social anxiety and to really connecting with people is just to learn to listen. Just learn to listen. Learn to be there and to listen really to what other people are saying. Listen to what you really want inside you. Listen to what's going on in the situation. And by doing that, by paying attention to that, instead of all your fears, all your thoughts, all the catastrophes, the embarrassments, that tingling in your belly, is, you know, that, that could be excitement if you would just let it stop being fear, all these things. And of course, we've got millions of tools that'll help you get through this. But one of the main ones you can do if you're feeling social anxiety, run to the bathroom, get in one of the stalls after you drink a little water and gag yourself, do the gag reflex. Three, four, five times, take a couple breaths in between each one, go back out and I promise you, you're going to feel totally different. The anxiety will be gone, your breath will get deeper and from there the situation will become clear and you'll know what you want to do. And hey, you know what's funny, sometimes you'll just want to leave, other times you'll know exactly who to go talk to. But the real key here, folks, if you want to get over social anxiety and really learn to start talking to people is first learn to listen to yourself and learn to listen to the other people. And from there, you let things happen. Let things flow.
1: Yeah, I, I'm just listening, um, shutting up. And, and that's probably not an issue for everyone, but I, it's a, definitely a nervous reflex for some people.
0: So there's a lot of stuff that we can get into about this. You know, the victim comes up in all kinds of ways. The rumination, what we were talking about, you know, like Doug Stanhope calls the carnival in your mind, starts running around, all these fears, all these catastrophes. Uh, But you know by now, if you've listened to the other podcasts, go back, check out the victim one. And when you listen to that, you'll get the sense of, you'll know when the victim's coming up. You're never a victim of social situations. You just chose to go out and you're having experiences. And even if you fail at what your goals were going out then uh you're still fine you can still be fine and you can kill that victim not not pretend that you're a victim of things and then from there you can get some skills use the tools and uh develop your skills for connecting talking relating to other people but uh like i said there's a ton of things that we can we can talk about here we're not going to be able to get to them all tonight but what i will mention is that we're going to be doing a social anxiety. To social Invincibility Workshop, starting on uh, April 20th, starting on 420, 20 2015 uh, So you guys can follow the link you'll see uh, on the podcast page there on, <clears throat> on the blog page and then in the description there on iTunes, uh, but just check out radicalundoing.com slash blog and you'll see the podcast listed there and uh, see the link we'll be doing that social anxiety to social invincibility workshop, giving you all the tools, approaches, and then actually on group Skype video, creating scenarios in this safe space for you to feel embarrassed, for you to feel the anxiety, for you to go through saying the ways that you connect with other people. And all of us will have the chance to do that together with each other in the space of Skype. And there'll be some surprises, some special guests. And uh, a lot of situations that you'll be able to burn through the victim part of yourself and all the social anxiety very quickly. We're going to do four meetings in two weeks and just destroy that victim for 10 lucky people. So that's the next step for us with victim to adventure, social anxiety to social invincibility. But uh, we wanted to get into it a little bit tonight and just touch on some of the issues here, the embarrassment, the anxiety, the fear and all that other stuff very cool that sounds
1: uh that sounds really exciting um yeah i know what you got in store and yeah it's some nuclear shit, and it's strategies that you will never forget
0: yeah this one's gonna be awesome thanks for that lance yeah i think we'll uh we'll really knock your socks off with this and You'll be amazed at how fast you'll burn through that social anxiety. And for some people, it's going to bring you to tears how fast it goes away when you feel that fear disappear and melt away. It almost brings me to tears now to remember how afraid I used to be of other people. Oh, man. I mean, and, and how much relief there is now. Just a big relief. So with that, I think that's the time to, to, to let us uh, let you guys go. So have a wonderful evening. Thanks, Lance. Thanks to everyone for listening. And uh, remember, stop giving a fuck. Thank you for listening to the Art of Not Giving a Fuck podcast. For more info, visit artofnotgivingafuck.com
1: or radicalundoing.com.